Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, let's go. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the Rugby Dungeon as we are to make sure you get a podcast every single Monday morning, 52 weeks a year into our ninth season. So at some point it's going to be 10, 10 years. 10 happy years, yes. Oh, uh, will it be 10 years at the end of the ni- nine seasons? Uh, 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 I that's maths I can't do in my head. <laughs> anyway, it's been a long time. It has. Uh, just a quick dilemma on 52 weeks a year. When do the games get played over Christmas? Boxing, it... But there's games on Boxing Day and the day after. So do we do we podcast on the 27th? Well, it depends uh, if we... Uh... Yeah, we've been we've been kindly invited to oh, yeah. to yeah. something on the twenty seventh that we are looking checking our diaries. I, last thing I want to do is get absolutely battered and try and podcast. I've tried this before; it doesn't work. No, definitely not. So if uh, we're battered, all right. Well, here's an idea. Just this is like you're you're hearing how the sausage is made right now, but that's fine. <laughs> you're part of the family. You deserve pull up a chair exactly uh, for the board meeting. I say we we have something there that we have prepared in advance for Boxing Day, and we'll make no qualms about the fact that that will be done ahead of time and then fo- and then following the conclusion of the games on those two bank holidays after christmas there'll be something there exactly. in relation to the rugby hey um talking about something there after uh, boxing day or on boxing day you're hosting christmas this year tim what will you be cooking i've, I've hosted christmas a couple of times now i love it it's, it's that point and i was having this chat with phil earlier um Phil's a couple of years behind with a young family. He's still and and loving doing this as well. I, I might add, Phil is, but he's still doing that thing where you go to one set of parents and mm. you go to them and misses. I remember breaking that cycle, and now it's got to the point where people come to me. Yeah, it's like that whole circle of life, and I, I love it. So I will be I will be cooking a turkey because I feel obligated to, um, but a, a rib of beef, See, a, a, a gammon, nice. a gammon for Christmas Eve that then you can, you can then have as leftovers for. Uh, nice. I, thought, I, thought, I thought gammon with uh, a, a big that. gammon ham Nailed with dofrenoir potatoes Christmas Eve, and then you can have the leftover ham, cold you know, cut, cold cut on Christmas. I might copy day you evening. with that ham. I think that ham is a superb idea. But do you know the other thing is, is if you use the stock that you cook the ham in. Make a pea and ham soup. Yes. For boxing, oh. boxing day as well. The, yeah, a ham or gammon stock is awesome. It is Beautifully really salty. Mm. 
Yeah, so I'm thinking of a rib of beef. I think the Americans have it right because they have their turkey for Thanksgiving. Get that out of the way with get it done. And there's something like beef. So rib yeah. of beef, I think mm. I'm looking for. Yeah, I did, did beef Wellington a couple of years ago and it was excellent. You made it? Um, yes. Oh, well, yeah. fair play. And was it, it, was, it, was it just pink in the middle and... Uh, it's not bad, yeah. Maybe not perfect. Cause beef, beef Wellington is incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's really because, hard to get because right. Because of the layers of insulation yeah. around it. Um, well, do you know what you need? Uh, meter. Meter, exactly. I do need a need meter. A meter thermometer. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> <laughs> You've already heard from them. How are you doing, JB? I'm very well, thank you, Tim. Very good. well. Uh, Enjoyed uh, a great weekend of rugby. And Phil? Very good, Tim. Thank right. you very much. Uh, you're, you're with us. You've already heard our little board meeting and our Christmas planning. Um, so... Just if you haven't hit subscribe already, do that. Go hit subscribe wherever you get your feed, and then all these podcasts uh, will be delivered straight to you. And it's uh, one way you can, um, well, it's one way you can help mm. keep the lights on and keep the podcast going. Exactly. And another way to do it is patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Thanks to all our new patrons this week. Uh, there's extra content up there for you, and uh, we really, really appreciate that. Yeah, there's some cr- crazy results this weekend. Uh, Preston got battered by Onwick. <laughs> I, I did I, see that. I, I, have you ever been there, Onwick? No. Is, is, am I even saying it right? Onwick. Onwick. Do you know where it is? Uh, no. It sounds like a made-up place out of a it is, Harry Potter book. It is north, north, north and east. east of Newcastle. Okay, yes. North so east, so it's in Scotland then, yeah? Basically, yeah. <laughs> in the North Sea. Uh, Norway. Yeah, yes. Norway's north and east of Newcastle. Effectively, that's exactly where it is. They must have one hell of a team. <laughs> how, how did Tesla get on? Uh, they won? won reasonably comfortably. Oh, they're bouncing against, back now. Mark Atkinson, Sedgley Park. And how did, <laughs> how did Rafi Quirk's Broughton Park get on? Uh, Rafi, they lost against Furswood Waterloo, I do believe. But that's, there's no shame in that. Furswood are currently second. Is Furswood Waterloo, Waterloo? Waterloo. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why they're Furswood Waterloo on the table, but I always refer to them as Furswood Waterloo. I love that club. That, yeah, p- great, that, that first team pitch, the pavilion, is brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah the pavilion with the uh, chairman's parking outside. Yeah, yeah. Captain's parking, Proper club, coaches that. parking. Huddersfield so, sadly went down, but I got I got the scar under my. I think it's my left eye. It's like a little. I got a scar at Waterloo. I got stamped on. They went for a little phase. I had in... stitches and ran. I ran in to get my stitches, then ran back out and finished the game. Obviously, was nice. this for Manchester? Or, Manchester, or yeah. was it? Yeah, I've beaten them at Broughton Park level. They went. They went through a bit of a bad phase, and I think they're getting better again now. They certainly look like one of the better teams in North West One. I think I think they're in North Northwest one, uh, and the other one is of course Albion one, which is great news for everyone. Everyone loves that. Ha- everyone's happy. Everybody's happy. When, Everyone when Albion wins, even the opposition. Yeah, especially the opposition. <laughs> so news from the rugby week. Um, Johan van Grand's name has come up for who in relation Where? to Bath. So, so uh, it's got to happen. So, so the story in the rugby paper says Munster head coach Johan van Grand out of contract at the end of the season has been linked with a switch to. Premiership basement dwellers bath. So here's a question, right? Why would you trust these guys to ever hire another coach? <laughs> so they did it by accident with Gary Gold and Mike Ford and Toby well, Booth and yeah, all they, those boys. They appointed one of they appointed Gary Gold and he appointed everyone else, and then yeah. he did himself out of a job by assembling such a good uh, coaching team group ben- of assassins beneath him. Yes, yeah. So I mean, yeah, problematic to say the least. But then. The Blackadder appointment, which seems like a great appointment because he's constantly coming second in Super Rugby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that turns out to be a terrible appointment. He, he took like, the best group of players in the history of New Zealand rugby 
and failed to win Super Rugby for eight consecutive seasons. Yeah, with the most talented bunch of players. Lovely the bloke, ever seen. I, I, I just it? I keep saying this. He's a lovely man. Well, he really. Maybe is. Bath, that's, that's how Bath do their business. I, I know Bruce Craig gets a lot of stick, and actually, as far as I'm concerned, Bruce Craig can do what he wants. It's his money. It's he's, his hobby. He's bankrolling he's, the whole thing. Yeah, it's his. Yeah, it's literally. His plaything. He can do whatever he wants. Right? <laughs> it, is, it is literally his plaything. He, he, he puts him up in Farley House. Yeah. He, he doesn't need to do that, but he does it. He seems to do his business on just hiring really nice guys, regardless of their <laughs> rugby ability. Maybe that's... Apart the, from Mike Ford. Well, we don't know Mike Ford's not a nice guy, <laughs> do we? I don't know that. In, Ma- in, in uh, Murad Boujalal's style, like the time that he got annoyed that Toulon lost the final and took the plane home and left them in Paris... Mm. Uh, I, I think Bruce Craig should. You just mentioned Farley House. He should just shut Farley House. He should just mothball it, <laughs> yeah. put big sheets over all the furniture, and say you're back at Lambridge until you start winning. Do you know what hat yes. day is for the Denver Broncos back in the day? Hat day. Hat day. Oh. If nope. they won, they got to wear hats in training, like actual like stupid hats. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't cost me my hat day was like a big thing. Like we want hat day, and if it wasn't hat day, it was pads day, contact day. So it's either hat day or pads day. And I think it should be, as you say, Tim, Lambridge week or Farley House week. What do you want, boys? Yeah, we used to do Chinese Tuesday. Oh god, win a game, Chinese takeaway after yes. training on Tuesday or, or Domino's. Oof. I, what would you prefer after? I prefer Chinese after training. Yeah. Or if you're Exeter Chiefs, you. Don't even wait to get changed. You get straight in the straight bar and on the, the beers. That is awesome, isn't that, it? That was awesome. That is awesome. That. Uh, that yeah. just shows you why they are so far ahead of so many other teams in terms of their fan engagement. Well, mm. it, it's why Rob Baxter has managed to, and they've had a wobble this year, but he's why he's managed to do it for over such a prolonged period of time because he gets it. Yeah. He just gets it. The way he was talking about it as well, it's like, no, they need to go and feel what it's like, feel how important it is. I thought that's really quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, and he mm. mentioned the fact that um, one guy in the bar, uh, when Rob Baxter was there, there was, there, was a, there was a guy older than Rob Baxter who came up and was, ch- as he was talking about the game that he just watched, he was he was practically crying. And he just yeah. he said, it, it, uh, yeah, the players need to understand what this means. I think they do. I, I think they do, because from my tiny experience of being at Sunny Park for all of one weekend immersed in that culture, I mean, well, I mean... There's 4,000 people there to watch a bloody testimonial game. Mm. What does that tell you? But, yeah, it's exactly that. They absolutely adore that rugby club. And, and you can see why. You can see, imagine being a kid in that situation and all the players just come in for a cheeky beer. And Actually, doesn't it kind of thrill? And they all drink left-handed and they all they absolutely they all, they all, all empty glass their glass when they finish as well. Absolutely. Right, proper right, rugby club. Rightly so. Um, what was I going to say on that? Doesn't it sort of... Throw sand in the face of the sports scientists that said, "Yeah, do not drink for two hours after a game," and then not, and they're still in their kit. Mind you, that that must have gone out the window now because that used to be an actual thing, didn't it? You weren't allowed to drink for four hours after the game or two hours after the game. I remember at one point there was a season where a nutritionist claimed that a fridge milkshake was the best thing you could have straight after um, a game. Well, fridge, Pro- probably not a bad shout. Yeah, fridge milkshake is it's not exactly perfect, but it's low fat, decent amount of carbs medium amount of protein so it's not it's not a terrible thing it's not a warm kind of calling though it's not a warm kind of calling it's not a protein shake but it's not a terrible thing do you know what though I think that's gone backwards actually in terms of post-match nutrition every time I was at the AJ Bell a few seasons ago um, get on that mic 
I don't remember seeing a team which did not come with a slab of beer for after the game. Mm. Like one of the two teams. I don't, maybe and, and there's about 25 pizzas ready to go. Always loads of Always. pizzas. But yeah, even you watch, oh, you, if you look at the um, like New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, England, they are always, there's always a beer after yeah. the game. Because there is there is something about the it's probably if you if you're having like fifteen vodka Red Bulls that's that's probably pre game <laughs> pre game and or post game yeah, yeah that's probably going to be an issue but having a few like relatively light beers get some calories in you and rehydrate to a point it's probably not the worst thing well, in the world this is... I just enjoy the moment yeah, yeah you've done all yeah. that work you're allowed to enjoy it well this leads us on to a story which we weren't going to talk about but I've just remembered it. All of the whinging about the Millennium Stadium and drunks. Mm. All the whinging. So in the Times today, I had a load of letters that have come in from you know, people who consider themselves real fans. And this really annoys me. I don't think there's a point in a live sporting event without, without alcohol. I seriously mean that. There is just no point to it. Now, I don't necessarily think you want to be stand, stood at the bar for the entire first half. But the whole... If you go to a gig... I'm just going to jump in and say, I miss the hacker because you wanted to have a nice bottle of wine over exactly. lunch. <laughs> but that was a delicious, <laughs> it was crisp... Lovely. It was bottle, lovely. It was bottle delicious. of white wine. It, it was, was delicious. awesome. Some lovely ro- ro- Roman pasta as well. If you... And JB, JB and I just managed to sneak into the hacker um, because we put our beers down slightly early yeah. in <laughs> Chicago. We just managed to get pitch side... Yeah. In time for the hacker. I'm just not yeah. interested in, 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 if I'm interested in the game, if I'm legitimately interested in the game, I'll watch it at home. Or watch it from the, the, like the press box. If I spend my own money to go, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I don't remember a single second of the World Cup. Uh, I, don't remember, <laughs> uh, I don't remember much of Bath Hall, um, Sale Harlequins when I went as a, a paying fan. The one time you went on a weekend to Bath, the only thing you talked about like, uh, in terms of the game was how you were... Giving Dave Ward stick. Yeah. In yeah, the warm-up. In the warm-up, that was Going, good. Uh, missed. Hey. Missed. <laughs> Unopposed to Charlie Matthews. That was good fun. It was great fun. And he missed a lot. <laughs> in the warm-up. <laughs> if you want to listen to a band and you want to st- study the lyrics, by all means, buy the C- CD. If you want to get covered in, you know, um, pints full of urine, well, then you go to the gig. You know, they're, they're completely different experiences. <laughs> well, okay. Well, but... Here, here's here's a comparison I'll draw between uh, a gig, which I go to quite a few. And, Never been to one, FYI. And, and live sport. Never been to a gig? Never been to one, though. You're not a big muser. Not at all. It, it, I think for some people, uh, what they're talking about is not the loutish antisocial behaviour. And there was that one kid that got puked on. Like, you can... Which was not... Fu- that was not a funny story. No. No one laughed reading that, did they? No. It was, it was awful. Absolutely not. Terrible. Awful. God, that was But terrible. that one story, you shouldn't take the one extreme example and and spread that story across a large group of people because that's not representative. Drawing the parallel with music gig and a rugby match is when... You, I hate it when... Well, if I go to a gig, if I want to take a photo or something, I'll take a photo at the very start, bang, done, in my pocket, mm. phone stays there. When I have to stand and watch someone's phone oh. that they're holding above their head and they've gone to the trouble of going to a gig and all they do is watch the screen yeah. on their phone do you know, there's, for 15 minutes. Do you know, what are you like? Some, some psychologists say that people that do that actually are living or experience the moment more than people who are actually living and experiencing the moment. There's, there's something about living through your phone which really. Uh, puts it in your mind for whatever reason it is. Maybe it's because you, well, it was you in, watch cause it, it was the twenty fifth because it was the twenty fifth anniversary of Nebworth this year. Oasis's mm. big gigs there in ninety six. Uh, Noel Gallagher was talking about it and he just said you couldn't you, you wouldn't do it again. People keep saying oh you should do it again. He's like I, I don't want to do that because 
he said simply no one had phones it was insane you you, you do not get crowds like you used to now yeah uh, then. so uh, the only reason i'm drawing that parallel is because i think i can understand people getting really cheesed off with constantly getting up sitting down getting up sitting down because people are coming in coming out coming in coming out so I get that, and uh, but I, I wouldn't want to make rules to say you can't do that. There's a limit on the number of times you can get up to go for a piss or have a drink. That's just well, that, well if if they did that, I just wouldn't go. Not because I want to go to the bar three times, but I'm not going somewhere where they have rules and exactly right. And, all that and, sort of and furthermore, stuff. there are some actually quite sensible rules you could, you could institute. I think you said it, Phil, but they could just let people in. What was it on Twitter? Just you know, open open the stands in and out. On the, on, in the break of play, there's, 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 there's plenty of like in cricket play. where they make you they'll have stewards there standing going, no, you need to wait until the end of the over. Right yeah. now, you can go in. How much? Yeah. That, how much does that, does that make? Yeah. In cricket, I'm, I'm trying to think. Do so cricket will always have a party stand and then regular, like family stand, party stand, and then regular stands. Yeah. So if I'm going to watch the cricket with Claire, we will just go into the normal everyday stand she, she gets I'm, annoyed though when she builds a beer, beer, beer snake <laughs> yeah when she's chugged a 15th snake bite <laughs> yeah. um, you're by then if you're going with the boys you're in the party stand and like you, you kind of it's more stuff is more acceptable in the party stand don't get me wrong you can always have a few beers in the regular stand yeah but it might be it's, it is different there's different expectations uh, what I will say is as, as bad an experience as it was in the moment that lad's got an awesome story yeah, I mean, you're, they're missing the point. <laughs> if he grows up and he's not telling that telling that story, you know, as some very very good banter, he didn't deserve to go in the first place. He didn't deserve to go. However, I think that's a really interesting point. And yes, if there was a party stand, awesome. Like, yeah, get me in there, even because yeah, but the thing well, is, where anything right, goes. But the, the, the sub story will, will be. We really wanted to take our eight-year-olds to rugby, and there were no more tickets. But one came up in the party stand, and we couldn't believe that people were people were drinking. And then the way—I mean, the way they talk about this—you know, drinking and rugby culture, particularly in South Wales, is pretty intertwined, even more so than here. Like when, when I go back to North Wales, like the drinking culture there is so much more severe than it is here. Um, and I think it's a step up again when you go to South Wales. You can't disentangle these things, and nor would you want to. You know, the whole idea is it's a little bit extreme and yeah it's not going to be fun for everyone so not everyone should go if you come out of that stadium and you know the tackle counts of both teams and you can give me a constructive breakdown of everything which happened in the lineups you've done it wrong you've done it wrong you've not gone for, not gone, gone, gone for the right reasons sporting events are nothing but events if you want to enjoy the sport stay at home now on the on the streaker side of things because I'm, I'm all for the drinking side of things the streaker side of things I'm actually now where I'd probably institute some harsher rules on streakers. Like execution? Maybe not that harsh. Okay. Um, maybe like I would have a sli- is... I would have a sliding scale where your your punishment uh, is mitigated by being funny or entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, you said it to us, I think we're, I think we're, if you can, pretty fair. If you can, yeah, yeah. Maybe there is a sliding scale downward. So I'm thinking, not imprisonment, but like a harsh fine, like. Five thousand pound fine. So you streak, but everyone know everyone knows you're getting that fine. Mm-hmm. But let's have a sliding scale then. So the longer you can keep going, the, yeah. the, the lower more the, fine. the lower for the every, fine yeah. is. For every steward you make fall over trying to catch you. Yeah, like a fantasy rugby draft. Style, you get five hundred uh, quid point, off point scoring system. Defender idea. beaten off, <laughs> not off the hood. <laughs> Defenders beaten, meters made. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are your two um, targets. If you score more than 
I don't know, 50 points in uh, what fantasy rugby draft. What about if you get your hands on the ball? <laughs> in the instant, 500 quid off. Uh, I, so, if the ball is in play, um, double, fine is okay, doubled yeah. if the ball's if, in no, play. It starts at double or maybe quadruple, right? But you've already made that risk. You've already taken that risk. You've, you've already, in effect, got 40 grand to pay now, right? <laughs> yeah. So, because you've taken that, that risk... I think it's now. If you wanted to go with the big boys, you've got to get the ball and evade professional rugby players. I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to say, yo, you get a grand off for every professional rugby player that you avoid. Yeah, okay. and another grand for every ten seconds that you avoid them all. Meters made. Meters made. Meters yeah. made. Do you, know, do you know what I would like? I would love a, um, a way that maybe you could do this in dead rubber games towards the end of the season. This would actually really spice it up, where where people could pay to have an extra spot on the bench. To get oh. 10 minutes in a professional game. I would pay so much money for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you'd crowdfund it for your mate's birthday. Yeah, but you'd have to, would you have to do it like, do like boxing has a professional standards committee. So, okay, yeah, we think you're okay to do it, but we want to have a look at you running around, you've got to do some bench press oh, right, and squat. Okay. You know, yeah, is this yeah. safe? Because we you need... wouldn't want like, imagine if you sent one of the rugby bloggers on there. Instant death. <laughs> Instant death. <laughs> You need, you you would need to do that kind yeah. of stuff and but, like, but like ECG. An, an, an amateur a good amateur player who fancies a chance yeah and they could get sponsors or or something or or, or it could be a corporate thing <laughs> it's like representing representing Heineken it's uh, Jonathan Beardmore yeah well the problem with that would be I think it was Dalgleish the Liverpool midfielder Kenny Dalgleish and it, manager yeah who was saying this in an old interview. So like he didn't really get injured playing professional football, but when he played five side against absolute uh, nobodies, they move wrong and like you know you, you don't tackle properly or they tackle you wrongly. You know, the problem would be with an amateur player knowing just a little bit of knowledge. So oh, this looks like a good line. Yeah, they all know it looks like a good line. And now you're going to get absolutely creamed because you've done things exactly yeah. right. That's what we want to see. Now <laughs> you're going to get absolutely smashed. A little knowledge can be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just going to run two, two men out from the ruck. Of course you are. Wham! I, pro- professional poker players make that, that same point that um, Dalglish makes. If they're, if they're playing against a professional, they can read a professional. Uh, yeah. If yeah. they're playing against a total amateur who doesn't really understand the rules, it's impossible to read them because they don't know what they're doing from, from second to second, minute to minute. Exactly. That's why third-team games sometimes resemble the SOM. Like, you're on the worst <laughs> field and there's like, a guy with a dislocated arm. And, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> We um, I've, I just I'll just to wrap that up. I forgot a few weeks ago when we were discussing it that we got sent an email by someone who sent us a video, an old old video of Ollie Barkley nailing. Yeah, a, a, was, was that London uh, Welsh streaker? I think it was, no, no, it was when he was playing for Bath. Okay, but a streaker was running around on the pitch, and eventually Ollie Barkley was just stood there with his hands on his hips. The streaker sort of got within about ten meters of him, and he just went, yeah, and just nailed him. No, there was the there was the old. Uh, London Welsh number eight. I think it was a Tongan number eight who, uh, who nailed went to Newcastle. Who absolutely nailed the, the, someone. The heaviest guy in the Premiership. Oh, you're thinking of the guy who came from Scarlets. He used to high shot everyone all the time. Yes. Constant, constant red, red card machine. Yeah, would struggle to play under the current current laws. Yeah, I know exactly the boy you mean. Hmm. hmm. So. Let's talk about this weekend's rugby because it's oh, oh, just very, very oh, quickly. We don't have to talk about it. I was going to say uh, Ellis Genge is contract is up at the end of the season, and there's lo- uh, lots of suitors. Mm. So uh, Bristol are uh, apparently trying to. No, don't go there. Um, Bristol surely not. Surely not going to tie up another eight to ten percent of their playing the budget. Money. They don't have the money. It's well, really... they do. They're going to have to jettison like 
ten other lads to do it. Oh, they, and, and they'd happily do so, and then bring them back on minimum wage. And Saracens uh, are, are looking at Beno Abano, but obviously are keeping tabs on Ellis Genge as well. Um, but mm. uh, one that we mentioned as a potential when we were spitballing ideas that Leicester could go with as a, as a fly half, and for all the noise is that Andre Pollard is done, which surprised me, but fair play. Um, but we we suggested a higher West, and it looks like Newcastle are going to get him. Ohio West is going to go to Newcastle. That, that's the rumour at the minute. La wow. Rochelle for Kingston Park. I, I mean, sure, if you want to, but I'm not sure I'd be making that, that move. Who would make that move? That's insane. Unless he's the marquee player, which, of course, he'd be qualified to do so. And, but even he, he would, yeah, he'd be, he could be a marquee player. How much more money would you need to go from La Rochelle to Newcastle? No disrespect to Newcastle, but La Rochelle are one of the top teams in Europe. Yeah, yeah. With a relatively good coach, an enormous pack. Great location. I mean, the location is awesome. Yeah. And you're going to go to Newcastle. It would, it would take a lot of money. Because he's not... I don't think he's cheap, is he? He's not... He, he is a He's a very good player. He won't, he won't be cheap. He certainly won't be as cheap as Will Hayden Wood, for example. <laughs> yeah. Still Will Hayden Wood. You've got a good player there. Yeah. I'm, I'm Brett Cannon. I, I, Conan. I like them both. Conan, Cannon. Conan. Conan, Cannon. Close Conan enough. Matter. By the way, we've had so many great uh, emails uh, to contact techchasers at gmail.com. I'll try and pepper the podcast with some of them. Um, uh, one came from James Crone, and it just had the subject title uh, to contact techchasers, uh, contact techchasers at gmail.com. Big Strong Boys. Have oh, you seen this? Now you're talking. And it said, for attention of Phil. Yes. Uh, and a link was sent to... I'm just opening it up. The Exeter Chiefs store for their exposed 2022 calendar. Ah, Already nice. got it. And I think it's worth looking at just the shape some of those boys are in. It's quite impressive. I'm looking at it now. Oh, so it is. It, I've just opened it up. It is just a line. The, the only thing is FAO Phil hyperlinked to. Hyperlinked, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Very nice. Those boys are in incredible shape. Which, Ooh, which ones? Yes. I, 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 do you know who I was. I know. I, Surprised is the wrong word, but he is incredibly um, well-shaped. Jack Yendall. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, look at those shoulders. He's in great. Pecs, shoulders, traps. Don, Ar- Don Armand looks like a proper man. Yeah. Looks like a, just... Don Armand's got unbelievable shoulders. Yeah, unbelievable. his shoulders like are swimmer. incredible. Uh, is Hendrickson on there? Yeah, Hendrickson's on there he is. Whit- in the back. Uh, yeah. No, no doubt Witten's not. <laughs> Witten's not. No, H- Hendrickson not. looks small compared to Henry Slade. Yeah, that's, that's part of that is just that he's stood angles, further back. Ang- yeah. He's far away. And um, what, what's the what's the Scottish scrum off? His arms and shoulders are looking good. Uh, I know exactly who it is. Oh. I've interviewed him. What's his name? Double barreled. Oh, Hidal- Hidalgo, Hidalgo Klein. Klein. Hidalgo Klein. His arms and shoulders are... Yeah. Hmm. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Right, so... Um... Tasty. So... <laughs> uh, if you do want to buy me a Christmas present, this is a uh, 14.99 <laughs> from Ex Chiefs store. Oh, and they've got the little star on there. I've just only noticed. I've never really noticed that, but because it's on a shirt, oh, yeah. you don't really notice it. They've got mm. the star there. Nice. So, Andre Pollard. Yes. Are we in favour of that? Uh, I, I didn't think it would happen because uh, the rumour was that someone, someone in Japan had offered him seven figures. So, I assume that means Leicester Tigers. They won't be paying that, but they'll be paying big money. It's going to have to be big money. Yeah. And it's also going to depend, does he want to take his rugby seriously? And no disrespect to Japan, but it's not serious rugby. It's not mm. It's not super rugby, which is not that serious. 
Um, no one watches or keeps tabs on it. Yeah, you've got to be top 14 or, or premiership. That's where you've got to be for serious rugby, I would say. I guess you could play some serious rugby in South Africa. Super rugby, I think. Yeah. It is. Certainly, if you're a, new, if you're a Kiwi team, that is some serious rugby. That is, yeah. That's fair. So... I mean, it's okay. It's not what I would be doing, I don't think. I don't think I'd commit that amount of money to an individual. I think I'd go for somebody younger. And He's not that old, you know. 28. 27. 27. Prime. That's prime. Uh, he he's got he his prime be, years ahead. He will be 28 when he arrives, but he's he's currently 27. Yeah, he's uh, 95 ki- kilograms and 6'2", which I quite like. So he's a quite big lad as well. I think he's more than 95 kilograms as well. Uh, do, do you reckon? He's a big, strong boy. Yeah. Big, strong boy, is he? He is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's a, the sort of move I'm not keen on because it's it's trying to replace like with like, isn't it? You've got one scrum half, one fly half going out, one megastar going out, one megastar coming in, but they're not like for like, and that's yeah. why I don't like it. They're like for like as in their international calibre tens. They aren't like for like in terms of the way they play. Mm. They can do very similar things, and George Ford is very good at controlling the game, but... He has the distribution, yeah, he, and he has the tactical side, and he can turn a game on his own from a distribution perspective. Whereas Pollard feels more solid and stable. Mm. Uh, probably his defense is better. His kicking probably on balance is better, both at sticks and and maybe kicking um, corners. But I'm not sure he has that distributing skill set. Yeah, exactly. or certainly we we see it less um, than we see Ford's. No, yeah, he's much more feral than he is Ford. Yes, that's that's a very good way of putting it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, if they could have Owen Farrell as their 10, they'd have it in a heartbeat and be very, very happy. Yeah, so Andre Pollard, but, he's so a they, World yeah. Cup winner, Lions Tour, it's, Lions Series victor. He's one of the best fly halves in the world. There's, there's, You couldn't really pick anyone gettable better than him. That's not why you don't do it, in my opinion. So... They're going to get him. I don't think he's as good a playmaker as Ford. I think Ford is a bit of an enigma, actually. Him and Marcus Smith are probably the two outstanding playmakers in the Premiership at the moment. Agreed. And they don't really need much help. I think Pollard would need an extra helping hand just to spark off the back line. In the way that Willie LaRue often acts as the second pivot or first pivot, but playmaker in that um, South African backline. So, because, of course, um, Pollard is South African, are you aware that he's South African? Uh, did I know that? It might have been mentioned. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know one or two South Africans who play, play professional rugby. Yeah. Uh, I, gave, uh, I, I, I gave them a call, gave someone a call, just yeah. to see what he's like, and apparently he's an absolute outstanding individual. So Yeah, that, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, the way he's described to me is basically a little bit like Dan, you know, Dan Bigger-esque. Oh. Very, very nice guy. Incredible professional, driver of standards, all yeah. of those good things. So you can see why they'd want him. Well, aside from his rugby, it's those sort of off-field intangibles. Uh, you know, the reports you get back from him are absolutely magnificent. Of course, they would be, wouldn't they? Because he's a World Cup winner and he's beat the Lions, and that's the reason that he is who, who he is. So I think, even though I don't agree with it, I can understand why Tigers fans might want to be excited about it. Yeah. I oh yeah, I, I think I think they should be excited about it. I am a little bit surprised. Not because so I'm a little bit surprised because he fits the um, the Borthwick mold or he can fit the Borthwick mold arguably more than George Ford does. Um, it's just the fact that they've it's a, it seems to me an unBorthwick move to basically throw their pay structure in the bin because they will be paying yeah. 
he will go into the Premiership as one of the top five paid, highest paid players in the Premiership, undoubtedly. Yeah, it's just not healthy, is it? It's not healthy for a team to have one guy so, much so far ahead of anyone else. How much? Oh, it doesn't really matter how much rugby he misses. Leicester have got enough that they'll get themselves to the business end, and it's, they just need him. Well, for... I mean, if Leicester are filling out twenty five thousand like they did exactly, today, exactly twenty six. I mean, that's brilliant. That's yeah. truly brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah, um, they're going to need more than more than him though. To Fair weather him. fans. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Where were you when they were losing? I wouldn't go when they were losing, to be fair. <laughs> Not the way they were playing. Awful, awful. Yeah, it's, it's going to be quite exciting to see how they rebuild this. I wonder if there's a lesson for Leicester, though. So you look at Saracens, they got in South Africans. They're very easy to find South Africans. They're very good. It gets you so far, and then you've got to sort of unstitch it all. I think Sale are finding out this the hard way, because Van Rensburg has been linked today, leaving. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of people linked with leaving Sale at the... At the moment, how true it is, I don't know. But at some point, particularly with the EQP stuff, you're going to have to unstitch us all. Leicester Tigers today had three South African back rows. They're going to mm-hmm. have Namoy Nadolo in their team. They're going to have Andre Pollard in their team. At some point, they're going to have to redress the balance and look at having more EQP. And Moroni in the centre. Moroni's another one, yeah. Ha- so, oh. uh, Harry Potter and Aussie. He, he is, but he's EQP. Yeah. Uh, Montoya might be Montoya might be their best signing of the lot. Mm. And of or course, M- Montoya. Mon- Montoya. Mon- Montoya. Montoya. Who came up with that? It's Montoya. <laughs> well, you, have to, you, you say it how they want it to be said. Not if I can't say it. <laughs> That's one of the things. The number of times that people would go. Why are you saying Nandolo? Do you want to hear rather the, than Nadolo? Do you want to hear because that's how he says his name? Do you want to hear the latest nonsense which uh, came across uh, my attention today? Go on. Uh, people should now phonetically spell their name because of people with hard to say names. They might. Uh, you've it. mentioned this before. This, this. I don't believe this is a thing. No, no, this is a thing. I read it today in in the Times, no less. And in, not in the sport pages or in the, or in the sport. No, pages. No, 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 this no. is in the business section, I think. So, uh, as, along with your pronouns, because that's of course vital, um, you you should put the phonetic spelling of your name because if you have a hard to pronounce name, you might consider it to be a microaggression, something which didn't exist five years ago, because people think you're unimportant for not learning your learning your name. But here's the the irony of it, right? If you've got a hard to pronounce name, well, you know that you expect it. So why on earth does do you, Tim, need to? Uh, put your name phonetically on LinkedIn because everyone knows your name. But the reason you do it is to support them with their hard to pronounce names, and it's insane. Everyone's insane on LinkedIn. Everyone is insane. Yes, that is true. Actually, on LinkedIn, <laughs> everyone is insane. I, I don't have any social media now. Do you I, not? I lurk occasionally. As I said last week, all I've done on Twitter in the last month is retweet my butcher once. Yeah. That's nice. it. Other than that, nothing. Mm, that's yes. a good way. Good way to be. And I, and I never look at mentions. I don't, I don't even click on mentions anymore. Smart. Very, very smart. Yes. I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't care. Anyone anyone whose opinion is important to me, will uh, I will either seek or they will tell me. Yeah, you can phone them. Yeah, I'll yeah. phone them. Yeah. Speak to them in person. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess talking of Henry Pollard, why don't you talk, talk, talk about Leicester Tigers' performance today? It was awesome. Mm. The whole game was awesome. Yeah, it was. Well, right. ju- just before we do that, something you mentioned before the pod yeah. was... And it's a point that we we made already on the pod, but Andre Pollard might not be as strong as Ford in the distributing, playmaking mm-hmm. stakes. So perhaps Leicester Tigers. And with Freddie Stewart at 15, who is excellent, but not really a distributor, or something we've not see, we've seen limited amounts of that so not far. Not in a Villy LaRue or Alex Good type fashion. Yes, absolutely. 
and Dan Kelly, who again is excellent, but is not really a distributing. In a Mark Atkinson or Henry Slay type fashion. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, Matthias Moroni or uh, the Scottish fella. Uh, Matt, Joan, no, no, Scott? The other Matt Scott. Matt Scott. Yeah. Um, again, all great players, but not really distributors. Maybe Leicester would be in the market for someone else for to go along to accompany Andre Pollard to get them to distribute to have the to distribute the work of George Ford across more than one position. Yes, the elements that he can do. Yeah. Not not to say Andre Pollard doesn't have things which George Ford oh, can't yeah. do because he Un- does undoubtedly. And if he... they manage to get someone to take up that role elsewhere, they might have a net improvement. Definitely, yeah. yes. Well, so yes, it's an interesting one. Like, who would you go for? Now, well, I mentioned two of them: Mark Atkinson and Henry Slade. Um, well, well, if, well, if you could get either of them, well, I've thought of some some others. Devoto would be nice. Devoto is not a bad shout. Yeah, because he he's seems a bit like less. a yeah. He doesn't seem to be as important as he was for Exeter. Is he, is he injured? I'm assuming must be because he, he was so be he's so important to him for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Jomo, I love. I've said I love Jomo is a good shout. Um, Eastmond back from the dead. Possible. He never, there was rumours that he was going to resurface in rugby league at a point in time. He that, did, and then retired. He went, did to, he? He went to Rhinos. Oh, okay, and then yeah, retired. And then retired. What, but this, but this goes to a point. I think it's what Phil was getting at that, that we have talked about a lot. The one place on a rugby field where there is a, a real is dearth. The one where there's a lack of. Yeah. There, yes. there is a huge dearth of distributing centres, and the Premiership yes. is the perfect example of this. Yeah. Because there is. There is Henry Slade, Oli Devoto, and was Mark, Atkinson. Mark Atkinson. Lazowski? Alex Lazowski, yes. But Lazowski's, well, yeah, he's a distributing centre who can also play 10, which I guess the others would fall into that category. Yeah. In a similar way to Sam James. Sam James, there you go. Yeah, that's a good Perhaps. One. Another one, uh, I've not really seen much of him for a while, but I assume he's injured, um, and I wouldn't go for him if I was, well, anyone really, but not a bad player, Pierce Francis. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say Ryan Mills. No, Ryan, but Ryan Mills would be another one who I do like, or certainly oh, I did last time I saw him play about four issues. years ago. Oh, I tell you the one. Um, Malander. Drove off the face of the earth. When he's playing 12, he played some of his best, best rugby. Oh, yeah. Go Where on. is he another, now? Another body rack. He's in Japan. Is he in Japan? Oh, yeah. He went to Japan, didn't he? That's a nice That would one. be a nice pick-up. Cause, if you can get him fit consistently. To get, him on a, get him on a pay... Per play, who was the footballer that was like Yori Lippman? Go pay per play, yeah, yeah that's right. Yori <laughs> uh, yeah, so just on uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his name now. Andre Pollard. No, the the lad in Japan whose dad's a coach, Harry Malander. Harry Malander, thank you. Like when he played twelve for long stretches. This must be five years ago when he first serviced. At nineteen years old, he was the best player on the field occasionally. He played a bit of wing, bit of thirteen, mm. bit of twelve, bit of fullback, ten. Yeah, I hope he. Come, yeah, and he was in the England squad. People forget. Yeah, he, he made the England squad, but he, he had some bad injuries, didn't he? Yeah. He. How old is he now? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Yeah. Tell you what, he's got to be careful because that could be a career over before you know it. Yeah. Twenty-five. Now, okay. With with the injury record and getting I, what I presume would be a nice, tasty contract in Japan. With that injury record, you can't blame him. Like, no. Get get the money right. But also, hopefully, because the, the stresses and strains in Japan will not be as great as playing week in, week out in Premiership and European competition. So, hopefully, you get... Depends if he's on the get... strong zero or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Avoid the strong zero at all costs. And Gaiuza. And Deep Fred Octopus. Ah, oh, Tekoyaki. 
I went to try and source some takoyaki in London it, it, the other week. It's not I worth it. Couldn't get it. Yeah, it's not worth it. They'd, they'd run out. It won't be the same. It won't be as good. Where, where, where was that? Because I feel it's I was doing Osaka. No, no, I think... No, in Manchester. Because I feel oh, I was doing Manchester. the same same thing the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, where was I? I saw it on the menu and they didn't have it. Or well, they ran out. That's why it sort of triggered me. Mm. Uh, do, do, you know, do you know what this stuff is? No. Oh, my word. So, it is deep-fried octopus balls in batter. Okay. Right? I mean. Which sounds sounds great. Yeah. And it is great. And they serve them in like almost like egg trays kind of thing. Uh, they sell it with uh, sort of dried shrimp flakes, dried prawn it, flakes. It's also got like a, almost like a, like a tep- teppanyaki and then like a mayonnaise, like a slightly creamy sauce oh, drizzled so on it. But it's also, it's not just octopus. So takoyaki, taco octopus and yaki fried. Um, it's not just octopus. It's also got like a, almost like a fish cake quality because there is like a potato or like a maize starch type yeah, thing that binds it together and they serve them fresh out of the fryer in Osaka it's like a, Osaka street food it's hotter than the so sun so hot and you cannot possibly resist biting into these molten hot balls yeah. of takoyaki the terminal damage that you do to your mouth it's, it's worth it's it. worth it's it. worth, it. worth every second well, then you just cool down with a nice refreshing strong zero exactly minus 195 uh, 196 degrees the prime time for eating is around 2am <laughs> 2am that's street food that's awesome yeah. you can eat a lot of takoyaki at 2am uh, yeah almost unlimited high from there. <laughs> wow it's it's so good it's one of the, it's one of the best foods I've ever created I go as far as amazing uh, what was this so we were talking about <laughs> Harry, uh, Harry Malander in Japan but the, the dearth of uh, creative distributing centres yeah. to accompany um, up and down type fly halves so, like um, Andre Pollard what do Atkinson Slade and Lazowski all have in common uh, England caps yes that is true but more to the point they all started off as club 10s Atkinson in Wasps yeah. Lazowski in Wasps That's a great shout and Slade obviously in Exeter so I think you go looking and do you know who else played 10 quite a lot for Bath Devoto so oh. I think you go around looking for slightly bigger 10s who are second choice and then move them out one mm. so the lad at Exeter Harvey Skinner. Yeah, that's a good one because he's, well, he's 6'2", isn't he? But he yeah. looks like Henry Slade, so that'll do. Yeah, he, he's pretty slim, though, at the moment. So He's putting a few few kgs. Most of the targets that you're looking for can all come from Exeter. Slade, Devoto, Devoto. Skinner. I find it hard they'll get to be able to prize Slade off Exeter. But the other two might be a fair game. Yeah, I'd say so. And then, if not, it'd be Redpath, who, again, played, played a bit of 10. Or or are, there, are there are there any fullbacks who are? Oh, but then, uh, but Freddie, then if you, Freddie Stewart. But, no, no. But I mean, who? You, uh, I'm just thinking of other players that because if you were a rugby player right now, I would be looking at that and going, if I had the skill set to potentially be a creative twelve, mm. I'd be looking going. I reckon uh, there's a World Cup spot up for grabs. I reckon there is an army of lads who fit the six foot three, to six foot four mold, who are playing Championship or Academy somewhere. And just aren't getting any game time. I bet, uh, who, who, who played 10? I bet there's loads of them. They're probably on Wasps' radar at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's right. chirp at Wasps and dominate yeah. some, some situation like Dan <clears throat> Frost. What about players around the world who could fit this? Yeah, of... well, uh, that's, that's what I was also going to ask is, is it the same in the top 14 where Andre Pollard is? I mean, he had Alex Lazowski outside him last season, but is, are there more of these type of players there? Because we've got Untermach, obviously, he can play there, but, but plays we... 10 for his club. 
JV made the point a while ago, I think it was from, it might have been Gitto, mm. that the the French ball playing 12 is not really a thing. No. Because, because they have the Petit General. Because, precisely, yes. Yeah, everything sort of moved in one. Yeah. yeah. Big ball carriers like Jonathan Dante or, I was going to say Matthew Bast- Bastro, but that's not true because he played 13. Thir- he did play 13, yeah. Uh, but then you got the, you know, the... Well, well, Sorry, I was going to say that was going to be the blueprint for sale, effectively, was Faf, AJ, and then Manu and Johan. Yeah. So two massive centres. Thing is, they can't live without Sam James. Mm. Yeah. He's so he, the, he is the straw that stirs the drink. Mm. Yeah, And again, creative centres make a huge difference. Well, did, you mentioned that it could be a World Cup squad, a World Cup squad place on the line for whoever takes this place. Piers Francis went to the last World Cup. Exactly. With, true. With this, and that is that is the role that Mark Atkinson has been brought into the England squad to potentially fulfil. And which Alex Lozowski will be eyeing up. Also want to f- fulfil, yeah. yeah. And Devoto has been in and around the England squad. It's basically, it could have been any of those boys, but it just, the roulette wheel stopped on Piers Francis in time for the World Cup. Yeah, and of course, the most famous 10 come 12, Owen Farrell. So maybe, mm. maybe Owen Farrell outside of Andre Pollard if you want some real creativity. <laughs> or go, go back another World Cup, and if you're a back row with a good uh, handling skill set, you could be, you could fill this, you could carve out the Sam Burgess. Oh, the, that's, the, the, yeah, Sam Burgess was just following in Richie Vernon's footsteps. That's because there are some great back rows with soft hands. Yeah, that's what they need to do. Get on the phone to Sam Burgess. Sam Burgess, Richie Vernon, Lavani Bottier. Perfect. There Perfect. you go. There you go. Solved. Solved. Oh, let us know what you think on that. Contact at gmail.com. Two others I'll mention from around the world. Okay. Um, one, it will never happen because he's a former Tiger, but it might actually be a, quite a nice fit. Matt Tamura. Yep, perfect fit. Um, perfect fit, except the fact that he's been there and done that. Doesn't fancy it again. Yeah. Um, the other one, maybe not because of his age. He's 34 now, but if you get a couple of years out of say him... Say Ryan Crotty. Come on. I'd love Ryan Crotty. But no, I wasn't going to say Ryan Crotty. I was going to actually say Hadley Parks. Hadley Park. Hadley Parks. Hmm. He can do that role. Can he? Yeah. I mean, he can scaffold your house. He kind of <laughs> can do it all in. Yeah, in an Andre Esterhazen kind of way. Is he thirty-four? He is thirty-four. Crikey. Uh, do, do you know what? Just before we jump into the rugby, because it's related to this, if we do this quickly, there's a good email from Peter Shaw, who's an one of our American listeners. We have a lot of them. Mm, a lot of them. And so you're very welcome, and thanks for listening uh, on that side of the pond. Hope you're all. Hope everybody there as well. Um, so he says, I love the many nuances and aspects of rugby that few Americans would recognise or, or appreciate. Uh, things like respecting the kicker and keeping quiet, having beers with your team and the opponents after the game, respect for the referee, brackets, minus Razzie, etc. Um, he says, there's one aspect of professional rugby I do not understand. What is the point of signing players for the next season when you're still in the middle of this season? Trades during the season I understand. I also understand clubs severing ties with Ashton or Sippers at any time. Uh, but officially committing to a new team while playing for another team seems a bit odd. I it never happens in US sport. No, it doesn't because they. Mm, why would that be? Why is it because they have shorter seasons? Like the NFL is only. Well, I, I, they have pretty brutal transactions. It's like cut. You can just be cut at any moment. So I think there's two reasons, really. Um, one, just the way that, that sport has organically grown in the US or the way US sports have grown. And two, because rugby, when it doesn't know what to do, just copies football. So football, they come to the end of their contract, they sign a new one, or they get bought out, bought out of their contract. We don't really trade players. And, well, it's very rare. May and the uh, May and I can't remember his name now. 
Yes, second row, who former Leicester captain. Ed Slater. Ed Slater. Ed Slater is the obvious one. There'll be one there, and I think Leicester got the worst of that deal, judging by you know how Ed Slater went in. Actually, that's not true because even though May didn't play much for Leicester, he was still their top try scorer almost every single year. Yeah, he was still class. Yeah, he, he was but very they good. Didn't have a pack, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't really happen. There have been no transfers in rugby because it's got this like weird sort of halfway house between being an American style sport with a cap but then trying to also follow football. So I don't really and know. There's, and there's not that much money in it as well. No, no. So the, the way the way that you would do it, if, if an American, what they would expect is a season ends and you have a free agency period where people whose contracts are up negotiate with clubs. Mm. But I guess the point, Peter, is unlike in American football where the season finishes in February and begins in September, or, yeah, February to September, yeah. uh, rugby finishes in June... Or it was this season. It was the first week in July. Yeah. Starts again, start of September. So it's, it's just a condensed off season. It's probably more to do with when you're legally allowed to talk to players, because you're legally allowed to talk to players in the middle of last season or middle of the current season. That's when everyone gets their business done. It makes no yeah. sense to wait until the end of the season. So well, it's just a race, isn't it? Because you've only got a six-week or eight-week period at the, in between seasons. You can't. You'd be doing your business while pre-seasons going on. Yeah. So your team, and this was one of the things about um, having the playoff game for the championship to go up to the Premiership. It meant that the teams getting promoted didn't know whether they were getting promoted until like four or five weeks before the new season started. So they can't, unless you've got very deep po- pockets, i.e. Bristol, you can't do, you can't build yeah. a team. Everyone else has already built their squad. You're left exactly with the scraps. Yes, Piers O'Connor. Piers O'Connor, Piers O'Connor. I think less distributing. I'd, I'd, I'd take him. Very good player. Very good player. Anyway, uh, Leicester Quins. Yeah, shall we stop Leicester Quins? Yeah, go on. Everything well. I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was absolutely awesome. Maybe the score doesn't look awesome. Maybe if you're watching it, it wasn't great. But I love the way that Leicester just threw down the gauntlet to Harlequins, which is, hey, you think you're good at rugby? You think you're the best team with ball in hand? You think you're um, going to be able to counter, counter-attack against us? Well, here are some high balls. Go and deal with it. I and it. I and both it. both teams in defence and set piece, both teams threw down the gauntlet. They were they were challenging each other. Like Quinns, some of their their set piece, both offensively, their line out and their scrum work, but also defensively. I thought they were awesome. Yeah, I, this is one of the things which I really liked about the game, which is this is a legitimately great win for Tigers because I thought Harlequins were, were very good yeah. and they were good in di- ways you don't expect Harlequins to be good. Yes, but, that, that's kind of the point I was trying to make yeah, with yeah, Harlequins. Uh, I, this game reminds me of England versus Wales. Gatlin's last season may, maybe when Wales beat England, I can't remember if it was at Twickenham or the, or the Millennium Stadium, and England came in as he- heavy favourites because their pack was monstrous, they were running over everyone, mm-hmm. their defence looked absolutely awesome. And Gatland decided, right, the way I'm going to beat England is to pick and go around the fringes, which, of course, is nuts when you think about the size of England's pack. But that's what stopped the line speed, yada, yada, yada. This is similar in a way. I mean, if, you, if someone told me the way you beat Quinns is to kick the ball to them and let them attack you, you'd think that they're nuts. But that's exactly what Leicester did. It's not exactly what they did. Go on. Uh, I, they, they actually had a lot more possession, but the weather changed the picture. Yeah, but you can only play what's what's there. No, 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 exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So they actually started by trying to keep the ball for a little bit to deny mm. Quinn's possession. But then the rain started to come in and they smartly went, 
no, let's just get the ball down there. And they just pinned them down. Yeah. In the last 10 minutes or last 20 minutes, I'm not even sure Harlequins got into less, less half. And if they did, it'd be like once or twice. They did just right when, when Liner scored. Yeah. Yes. And then right at the end, they got the two penalties and then fluffed the line out. They just snuck yeah. into Leicester's half and fluffed the line out. Line, set pieces are important. Mm. Line outs are important. They fluffed the five metre line out in the first half when they went for the corner rather than mm. points. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think Quinns will be kicking themselves. Well, two losses in a, in a row now. I mean, we know they're good. I, I think they can be quite comfortable with these two losses because, well, like I say, they, we know that they are they are oh, really oh, good. Yeah, oh, we know they're really. We know Quinns are really good. We also know that Leicester Tigers going to Leicester with twenty six thousand people there in playing against a Leicester team that have not lost yet this season. Um, and pushing them that close, being in a position to have won the game. Do you think Leicester have had the definitive performance yet, which makes people go, yeah, they're really good? Because at the moment, I'm still thinking that most of their wins, particularly against Saracens, maybe today to a degree, is a little bit like, oh, it's a coin flip. They they got a bit lucky. They've not had that definitive performance yet. They're they're dominant. They've beaten the two teams around them, Uh, not dominantly, but Exeter and Quinns, which I think today when when, when they played a pretty... Pretty much full strength Quinns, you, you go, okay, yeah, they're seriously legit. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. But it was tight, like you say. But they play this weekend. Which French side do they play? Uh, Away. Playing away at Bordeaux. Away at Bordeaux. Like, that is seriously tough. It's big boy rugby, isn't it? If they go and take Bordeaux, they are 100% legit. Tell you what, Europe's going to be a nightmare for premiership teams this year. Because premiership teams, every single premiership team is very strong first 15-wise. I'm not sure if they want to sacrifice their first 15 in Europe. Maybe they will for the first game, and if they for, get through first, to the... Yeah. It's only four all rounds again. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, first two games, they make a decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but, they'll, I think they'll go full-blooded. But it's what it means for your premiership campaign if things go wrong. So if you lose, and you lose a few first-team players in the process... But if you're Leicester, and you've got nine from nine in the premiership, you'll go, let's go hard at Europe. And, and you've got a nine-point lead. You've got at, a cushion. And yeah. we've got a cushion, but we back our squad anyway, so we'll be fine. Mm. But if they, if, they, if they... Yeah, if they get two wins... Also, that's the other thing. If they get two wins um, for Euro, in Europe, the first two rounds of pool matches, they'll go, all right, well, we can, we can relax on one of those yeah. weekends in the new year. So I think this equally, is, if they lose, they can go. Well, don't worry about them. I think this is where Saracens start to struggle now because they are going to take. No, they're not because they're not playing in Europe. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we did what, so the challenge. Well, challenge yeah. Forget but, it. Yeah, they'll, they'll send some kids up for that, I'm sure. Yeah, because Saracens, the injuries to the likes of Jamie George and Owen Farrell, um, it is stretching their squad a bit. Yeah. And they've not got as deep a squad as they had when mm. they were spending more than the old salary cap. Exactly. Never mind being under the new salary cap. Yeah, so that's a bit tricky for them. Exeter will be fine. Exeter still look to me as the same strong squad. Obviously, they've had their own challenges. If I'm Exeter, I revert back to the last year's style of play because I don't think the refs will pick up on it. In Europe. Yeah, I think they'll get away with it. But also on Exeter, just having the boys back that they've had the last couple of weeks, having Yanis Kirsten and Dave Ewers and LCDs back now and Johnny Gray's back, like that makes a world of difference to their Huge squad. Huge difference. Yeah. And we'll get on to them, but how... Ben Youngs, how good was he? Pretty good. Best game I've seen from Ben Youngs for at least two or three seasons. In like, a Leicester shirt? Uh, no, probably just the best game I've seen for at least two or three oh, seasons. He, he, had, got, he had a really good game. Was it was Australia. He had a he had a blinder. He did. He did have one good game actually. But this, I think, he played better today than in that game. He was really good. Yeah. Last, yeah. last time I saw him play well was probably he played well for England against South Africa about four years ago. Yes, really well. When he really well, I mean, it might be longer ago than that. When he sells, sells a dummy to Peter, Peter Steph the toy, it must be longer than good that because I remember Peter Steph the toy being a nobody. Yeah, he was just a kid then, just a kid. So it must have been. I must have been, like, been like six years, seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago he played really well for England. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's had his next best yeah. game since then. He yeah. did. He did. He did play very well. Uh, yeah, and is they made this point on BT Sport. The old boys are playing really well. Danny Kerr and. Ben Youngs are really, really coming into their own this year. I think Scrumhoff does have the element of the wise old head works well. So it certainly seems to historically in France. Not to the extent that it is with a fly half, but certainly similar. Mm, definitely. Well, look at uh, Wigglesworth coming off the bench. Yeah. Because, of course, still, you've got to cover still so much ground at Scrumhoff. And you know, I don't know because I don't play Scrumhoff, but I imagine... Getting getting to every breakdown and barking orders and having to pick up the ball. I know it sounds like a little thing, but having to be so close to the ground constantly must be a nightmare. (laughs) And they do, I think, statistically, they cover the most ground of all all players. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Yeah, you don't with with scrum halves. You don't need to be the fastest, although occasionally it helps. It helps helps to be raffy. See see raffy quirk. Yeah, and but having a good engine on you and also you don't need to be the biggest obviously because of the position so you you're not worrying if you're if you're struggling to maintain uh 78 instead of 82 kg it doesn't really make much difference yeah yeah it's so as, you, game as you're getting older reading of the game you know quick it was yeah. a re- really intense full-blooded match loved it uh, and i also I, I loved i know a lot of people complained about the quality of the rugby i loved exeter v saracens i did i really enjoyed it because you knew it really mattered. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it, well, it reminds me of the Leicester Tigers game. Yeah. Like, I an absolute packed stadium. It was, I don't know about you, I felt that Sunday Park was a bit icy cold because they were they were nervous. They were really edgy. And Saracens, you know, they took it to them. It was a, it's a tight thing. And you don't often see, and I'm not saying it was because it was Saracens, but I think it's because of what you say, that a win was so important. There is the extra edge with Saracens as well, but... You don't often see Rob Baxter immediately after a game go up and hug his kids and his wife. No, yeah. which he did this time. And the, the fist pump 
through the rain at the yeah. end. Yeah, they really care. They really, really care about this game. Uh, do you know the bit about this game which has really, really annoyed me? I'm pretty sure that you can guess. And no, you can't because you're not on social media. So, the Billy Vinopola Luke Pierce interaction. Okay. So yep. Everybody's talking about how brilliant it is that Luke Pierce marched back Billy Vinopola. Twice. 10 metres, so 20 metres, which took them from uh, inside their own half to three points. Right? Yeah, so kickable. Now, I'm not saying it's good, I'm not saying it's bad. So it's, the, the, it's the difference between a draw and a loss, yeah. if you take that in isolation. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's good or it's bad, right? I'm not saying Luke Pierce is wrong to do it or right to do it, or that we need more of it in the game, or that rugby's a special sport because of it. We don't know what Billy Vanapola said to him. And I think if you're going to say the game needs respect, the respect needs to go both ways. Billy Vanapola is a very seasoned international with a lot of things to say about the game. Now, if Billy swore swore at him, was disrespectful, by all means marching back. Uh, if, he, if he saw it, him, Luke Pierce didn't go far enough. He should have sent him yeah, off. Yeah, he sends him off, right? So he didn't do that, I'm Yes. Sure. So I would like to know what Billy Vullipola says before I universally declare this is the best thing ever. Because I just don't think... I don't think it should be default lauded that a referee marches a player back, particularly when you don't know what has upset him. Do you know when commentators say... Not just commentators, but everyone really. The referee's lost the game, he's lost control of the game because tempers flare. And it's actually nothing to do with the ref. I mean, I don't know how a ref controls that. Well, in football, you do see that because a bad challenge is not penalised, and then another bad challenge flies in, and then another bad Uh. challenge. So I've not. I've not seen that kind of commentary very often in rugby, Uh, but you do see it in football. But you do get it in rugby. I've, I've played in games where you feel like. You have to take the law into your own hands to sort out an yeah. issue which isn't being yeah. sorted. Yeah, well, sorry. I, I mean, I've not really seen it at professional level. I've seen it oh, once yeah. or twice. I, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm thinking so, more. So they're not in Premiership because the refereeing generally is so good. Yeah, the refer- Yeah, the refereeing is good. But you know, if Billy's well, if Billy was pointing out something like, "Hey, that's inconsistent," or there's actually some feedback there. I mean, maybe it's a time and place to do it. Well, I don't think it's just like an awesome say, oh, that is brilliant. Like, what, we did pick up, what we did pick up on the referee, Mike, was I think there had been a, a few incidents before that and there were a couple subsequent to that where he actually gave a warning and said, next time it'll be a yellow. And then Mako did it and he didn't give a yellow. He gave another warning. So one of the things in that, in one of those exchanges near, Saras- uh, near Saracen's own line when Max Malins, I think, and I think Luke Pierce got got the decision wrong. It didn't. Uh, Max Malins didn't touch it when it went into touch mm. uh, from a crossfield kick, um, and Max Malins complained to it. And one of the things Luke Pierce said at that point, he called over the captain who can't remember who it was now, but anyway, mm. Alex Good. good. Alex yeah. Good. He called over Alex Good and said, "Look, we talked about this before the game. Conversation comes through you. I can't be having three players coming up and talking to me." So clearly, Luke Pierce had said to the players before the game. No chat. Yeah, and I gather it's something which the rug, the, the referees together have, uh, and the uh, and the powers that be have decided this needs to be a focus because. And anecdotally, we talked about it since rugby's returned. We've noticed a bit more. Yeah, chops in uh, at, mi- at mini level right through to the top level. So clearly, what well, my point being, um, the referees have identified it. The powers that be have said this needs to be addressed. The referees before the game say, "Look, I'm watching for this." The DORs presumably all know it, so you can't then complain if in a game he enacts it. So I would say it's got to be reasonable chat. I'm, I mean, you've got to make a decision. I'm happy for Luke Pierce to make a decision. I guess my point is I don't think it should be lauded as the best thing to happen in, in, happen in rugby. And I don't like it. I didn't like it when people used to praise 
what's his name? Uh, why can't I remember names today? Nigel Owens for telling jokes because it just encouraged him to tell more jokes. I, I don't like that confected. Oh, this is look how look how different uh, rugby is. I just want really good officiating. Luke Pearce is a really good official. I have no issue with him doing it. I have no issue. With any, with, with any of his calls, and even when he does get a call wrong, which he will inevitably, that's part of rugby. Wrong calls are part of rugby. I just have a problem with it being default, oh, isn't, isn't this brilliant? And it's not. I think the way we need to look at the game is, if a, if a seasoned player says something to you, and he's got a point, maybe consider it. Or maybe say, you know, not now, but later. And I don't <coughs> know what the background was to it. Like I say, yeah. I'm not criticising but, but per what, se. But what Billy Villapola does in that situation... Talks to his captain. Goes to Alex mm-hmm. Good and says, look, can you just have a word? And um, that's, I mean, that's it. For, for when, yeah, I, I'm actually on this. I know you. We don't know what Believe and Apollo said, but we know a little bit of the history before the uh, prior to this game, as you've already mentioned. We know Luke Pierce is very good, and we know Billy and Apollo spoke up after he'd already been marched out back ten. That so was I'm, stupid. So I'm kind of willing to give yeah. Luke Pierce the benefit of the doubt in this. The second I, one, I'm much more easy on. Yeah. The first one, I've got a bit of an issue with because I don't know what he said. The second one. Okay, shut up now. Yeah, yeah, you've just been marched back yeah. ten, and you can see he's still he's talking as, he, as he's walking past him, and he starts pushing Jackson Ray around. So whatever it is, he's absolutely furious. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's quite interesting. But I think we should all just calm ourselves. It's not the best thing ever to happen. It's not the best thing to happen in that game, let alone in well, rugby. I, I this think weekend. what I think what you saw bubble out is a sense that this is something which has been. Becoming a problem, yeah. There's a bit and, of... and so all of those feelings that people have had for a while, and we've, you know, people make jokes about even his own teammates um, make jokes about um, Dan Bigger, uh, yeah, having a chat. Even his own teammates do that. Like, um, oh, that's right. It was when I was working on on Talk Sport, and I w- worked with George North for a couple of weeks, and and he made that. He went, oh, surprise, surprise, Dan Bigger's having a chat with the ref. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so even you know, I think there's a sense in a lot of people that this is something which could go down a path where you can't come back from well yeah, and, and, he's, uh, and and so you it's almost symbolic it wasn't it it was actually all of those feelings that people have had that something's not right oh my word it's the same when someone finally penalized you that period where they went we're gonna we're gonna look at feeding and stop that and someone actually free kicked the five seconds at the back of a ruck <laughs> yeah it's open when when, when wayne barnes yeah. penalized and said right you've had your time scrum everyone did the set had the same reaction like this is amazing but they never happened again. <laughs> yeah, 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 didn't, did it? Yeah, reverse type. There was something in um, some officiating that did make me think, oh, JB will like that. Did you see the tackle on Hugh Jones basically held up for a try? It might have been Freddie Stewart, but it might have been Maroney. It was Potter. Was it Potter? Seat, it was seat Potter. Belt, seat belt tackle. Yeah, the seat belt ta- tackle. Did you see what happened uh, on the seat belt tackle? No, I don't remember. So, uh, so Jones is... Jones butchered a two-man overlap for starters, yeah. but he he, he backed he, himself. He backed himself, went for it for, for ten meters out from the try line. Ha, uh, Harry Potter managed to stop him and do, uh, brilliantly hold the ball up over the line as well. By started with a seatbelt tackle and then rolled him onto his back, um, which last season would have probably been a penalty try. Yeah, would have been hundred percent. Yeah, but it was play on. It was looked at. It was, and it was play on, and the point that. Um, Ben K made in comms was the referees have looked at this and decided seatbelt tackle is not dangerous unless it hits the head. So play on. Ah, never heard that interpretation before, but I'm I'm happy for it. Yeah, mm. definitely happy for it. Yeah, that's it, uh, that's encouraging. It would it would have the game would have been we would have been 
if it was last season, we would have been having a discussion now on how that decided the game. Yeah, yeah. That, there was a penalty try then. We would have also been making the point that, well, that is only one point and Leicester Tigers had yeah. 70 to 78 other minutes yeah. To, yeah. to turn the game around. All those usual things. Yes, but mm. yeah, you, you're quite right. You're on unusual um, try saving M6. Did you notice Max Malins giving some ground up to take an extra player over the line yeah. to get the 22 dropout? Yeah. yeah. 22 goal line dropout. Goal line dropout. He, Max Malins has been listening. Yeah, he has. He's so some that, player, isn't was he? Was that the one with like three minutes to go? Because yeah. there was one with about three minutes ago where there was a big overlap on the right-hand side. It was Joe Simmons and it might have been O'Flaherty or someone else on the wing and the ball didn't come out. Um, oh, I can't remember who, who dived over the line but got held up over the line instead of just one pass or two oh, passes. Flat, I think. It was try time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They got the try in the end and, and like you say, Luke Cowan, Dickey, Johnny Gray... Um, Dave Ewers, Yannis Kirsten. Kirsten coming off the bench, it's huge. Yeah. They are big names off the bench, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. They are, that's some, there is a few big, strong boys there. There is. Coming, coming into that team. Yeah. I, I am delighted that Exeter won this because they were starting to struggle a bit and all of a sudden it's got very competitive. Yeah, so you prefer the racist rather than the cheats? Do I prefer racist cheats? Yeah, yeah, I think so. In, <laughs> in, this, in, in this specific yeah. fixture. Joke. If anyone hasn't listened to old podcasts, joke. God. Um, here, let's ju- I just want to jump towards the bottom of the table for a second. We've had a really cool email looking at Bristol, and uh, they got a beatdown on Friday night. They're rubbish. They did. They, they beatdown. They, this game could have been closer. Um, if Leo finishes that try, mm. if the Singleton try isn't given, I'm not still not 100% certain it was a try, but... Yeah. A couple of things got away, but back to the point I made before, Bristol had plenty of opportunities throughout the game to just be better than they were. I cannot believe how wrong I was about Gloucester and Bristol. Me too. Before the season. Me too. I, I had both of them at opposite ends of the table yep. to where they currently are. Yeah. Completely wrongly. I, I didn't... So Gloucester, weirdly, Gloucester, have been a, Gloucester have been a revelation to me. I, I think, was not expecting this at all. I think I can shed some light on this, on both on both these teams. Hmm. So it's it's also cult, culture, lads. I, I, I don't know if you know this. Culture's a big thing. You're, you're big behind culture. Have you been reading huge, huge. Uh, that, um, Stuart Lancaster's book? Yeah, I, uh, yes, I absolutely have. It's uh, massive. Culture's, culture is huge. Huge, huge. Yeah, it is. So, um, That's I, how Saracens, I, and, uh, Saracens and Exeter became European yeah. champions. I, yeah, it's one of those things which, if you have to talk about it, you don't, like, you don't have it. And the fact that Pat Lamb talks about it so much makes me very, very suspicious. I think there's a direct correlation... Between talking about culture and emotion and messing things up, uh, and I think that's what that's, that's what's happening at, at Bristol, and we'll talk about them in a little bit more detail later. I can tell you right now that the boys in Gloucester are absolutely bouncing. They are they mm. are just loving it, and it seems to be like Leicester. The best way to get the most out of your players is to get rid of all of your good players, and the remaining ones just play a little bit better. So uh, they got rid of um, it's basically two massive Springbok locks and a hooker and a few other. I think they got rid of eleven lads in the off season, something ridiculous, and they're just playing absolutely brilliant rugby. But yeah, it's all it, basically it's all about working hard for each other and getting your basics right. They're very good at the set piece now. They're very good at front. They're very good good, good in D. And then, well, here's. Um, here's a thought when you have a lad like Mark Atkinson or George Ford back to that 
you can afford to work as a coaching team on the basics because you know that the attack is taken care of. It's one of those things which I kind of say these guys aren't worth paying the money for, but actually they are worth paying the money for because that and means then you focus on all the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what's happening. And Gloucester, coaching. Gloucester, you can see they've built around the set piece and Skivington specifically said that in a yeah. post-match interview. They've built around the set piece. They've got the most driving mall um, tries in the Premiership this season and they got another two, um, well, one penalty try and one from Jack Singleton, question mark over it. But it was a, tr- it was given as a try. It was a try. So I, I also enjoyed the basic. reluctance of the penalty try given for Gloucester. Did you see that? They, so they scored the, and then the referee just looked because it's yellow card. I think. Yeah, gave the yellow Dan, card. Is it yellow Thomas. card? Goes, Go on then, penalty try. And everyone yeah. goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> penalty try. We have we have some fantastic uh, listeners, lads, and very great. They make great points all the time on email. And another American listener getting in touch, Lewis Elliot uh, from Oklahoma City. Oh, nice. He's emailed contactchasers at gmail.com. He says he was watching Bristol's collapse, uh, watching Bristol collapse in a heap this season. Reminds him vividly of what happened to the Atlanta Falcons giving up that 25 point lead in Super Bowl 51 in 2017. Incredible points. match that was. Incredible game. Falcons have just lost to Buccaneers, by, by the way. Have they? Yeah. Well, this is kind of Lewis's point. They've never recovered. It shot mentally. That appears to have just shot them. The hangover of losing in that fashion was so damaging to them. They've just gone backwards since. I can see that. And he's drawing the comparison with Bristol. It's, it's very interesting because I'm on record of saying I thought Bristol would be so hurt, so wounded by that that they would use it as a positive springboard as a, to transform them, to keep them going in the same direction as they were last season when they finished top of the league. And correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation. But after that 28-0, after they were up 28-0 and ended up losing that semi-final in the the fashion that they did, uh, it seems that they have not recovered. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure there is, there are plenty of things going wrong at, at Bristol at the moment because they're on such a bad losing run and they just can't seem to do anything right. Um, but did it all stem from that one moment? Mm. It's interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting parallel. It is, Lewis. Well. Thank you, Lewis. Lewis also just uh, says, uh, Bulls v Sharks in the Ultimate Rugby Fighting Championship, Lacanio Am doing some very, very Lacanio Am things. Sensational. Yes. Excellent. Uh, I need to run um, to the bathroom. I'll leave you chatting <laughs> for a minute. Go for it. <laughs> Too many cups of tea yeah, earlier. Yeah, exactly. What, what should we talk about, Phil, whilst we're waiting for Tim's uh, Do you want to talk any more about Bristol and Gloucester? Yeah, let's talk about Bristol. Gloucester were great. Bristol... Not so much. Yeah. Uh, there's something seriously wrong at Bristol. And I think this is going to be... I'm not sure what's what's the worst deal. Danny Cipriani's one year or Pat Lam's seven? <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Yeah. I mean, they're both horrific wastes of money. Yep. Um, did you see the BT Sport se- segment this week with Bristol? No, I didn't. Now, I'll, say, I'll tease this for when Tim comes back, but I do not know how you do a segment like that. When you know something's... I mean, it was... A BT Sport have got to show Bristol in a good light because Bristol have let them through the door. Get it. But everyone must know that something's not quite right in that. Uh, Pat Lamb has got a quote in there saying, our culture's all about love. And I just don't think it is. I, I think it goes back to my point about them being 
you know, about fraudulent co- coaches. You know, if you sign for Pat Lamb, it's all about love, and you find out that he's a, mon- a, a maniacal dictator, it's going to be a, sli- a slight problem. I think he's probably more maniacal dictator than he is new age hippie. And it's a bit, I think it's becoming a real problem. I think that squad is not happy. Not only do I think they're not happy, I think they dread losing and the week that is in store for them, if they do lose, I think it's an absolutely miserable environment. And the the losses are compounding now. That's why they're getting worse and worse and worse. Well, I can see that if you hate losing, um, I can see it being an incentive to not lose. But then when things are going wrong for you, it will compound it. When things are going wrong time after time. So here's my question for you, Tim. Being in broadcasting, Bristol are kind enough to let you through the doors like they did for BT Sport this this week. Nick Millens did some great interviews with Pat Lam and the coaching staff. How do you paint Bristol in a fair light? Bearing in mind there's obviously stuff going wrong there, but you need to also make them look okay. But also how, you can, how do you be honest about it? I'd, I'd, I'm sorry, answering the question, but I'd reflect as much back on last season when they rightly finished top of the league and they, they were the best team in the league for the majority of last season. Um and give that as much weight as the eight or nine games this season. Yeah. I w- or, or at least in saying, clearly there's a you're in a very different place at this point this season than you were at this point last season. Why? What, what, what's what's yeah, changed? What's, what's changed? Yeah. yeah. Well, it goes, you know, it goes back again to my other point, which is pe- people are complex. So I think that Pat Lamb, in his camp, losing is an absolute nightmare, and I don't think that the squad mm. is enjoying it. That said, when I say people are complex, just remind everyone what was said by Skivington at the end of the Gloucester game. So Skivington... I, I didn't see this. ...is really interesting, obviously, um, interviewed by Bayfield and uh, Ben Kay um, after the game. And he, he was effusive in his praise of Pat Lamb um, because last season when, obviously, Bristol were in and around the top and finished top and Gloucester were really struggling down near the bottom half of the table... Pat Lamb, who doesn't know Skivington, picked up the phone, gave him a call and said, look, do you want to spend your your new DOR, do you want to spend some time talking things through? And Skivington took him up on it and he was effusive in his praise of Pat Lamb, said he's, it was a very generous and very nice thing to do, but also that some of the conversations that he had with Pat Lamb around systems and structures were... well. It, Skivington said they were fundamental to the work that he has subsequently done to get Gloucester, the Gloucester team, in the position it is today. Yeah, I think that's a really... It's just an interesting point, isn't it? You, know, you think, the, Yeah, it's a great thing for Pat Lamb to have done, to just pick up the phone yeah. for, to... Obviously, Pat Lamb is a far more experienced director of rugby than George Skivington. Well, is still now, but certainly was back then, and they were both at opposite ends of the table at that point that, in time. That speaks to the man a little bit. That. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I mean. You can't... You know, you build a narrative about someone, and then you think, oh, actually, maybe it was, maybe it's not all completely true." But I do still stand by the fact that I think he is—he's having a negative impact on that team at the moment with well, the losing. And I think the winning papered over a lot of cracks. What's, what's Occam's razor? The simplest solution is quite often the. Wait, yes. what, what, is that is that, that That's one? Occam's. Yeah. yeah. Well, what Han- your... Hanlon's is the don't attribute uh, malice where incompetence. Correct. Where, where okay. you can attribute incompetence. So let's go with the Occam's razor thing. What is the most obvious? The most reason. obvious thing is, um, as we've said many times on recent podcasts, milli- literally millions of pounds are tied up in players that aren't on the field. Mm, yeah. In a salary cap world, that's not going to work. No, it's not. Yeah, and, and even even when you've got, so, uh, well, 
two of their most expensive players were on the field at, well three of them were on the field at, at various points in time but Luatua, Piatau and Randrandra but they they are so expensive they are some of the best players in the world in their positions um, and it's 30% of their squad in three players 30% of their salary cap in those three players even when you ignore the fact that Nathan Hughes and Kyle Sinclair were not involved in the squad. And, and that's another 20%. Yeah, totally. And think about it. One person we, we mentioned earlier, who we never mentioned this season, not because he's not an excellent player, he is, Piers O'Connor. We mentioned him all the time the last couple of years. Yeah. And that's because not only is Semi Randrandra incredible in his own right, his sheer presence creates space for other people around him. So Callum Sheedy was getting... Incredible uh, chat, um, and so was Piers O'Connor. Who, let's look at them. They were either side of, arguably the world's best rugby player. He's up there. Well, yeah. I, I do think what, when I see them both on the same field, I think Piers is better than Radronda. Oh, they're both they're both so so good. I think Radronda makes too many mistakes. I think he constantly makes mistakes. He constantly does ridiculous things. He does yeah. do yes, exactly, unbelievable things. Unbelievable. Um, uh, his first touch, he runs into contact and offloads it. Yeah, that's that pretty, was it's pretty cool, isn't it? He, di- he didn't do much else besides that, though. Yeah, interestingly, but yeah, that, you, that was that was awesome. Just that ask start. Matt. Just ask Matt Jess. How, Matt Jess. No. Phil, Phil Dolman. How dollars. he pulls him down. Dollars. <laughs> dollars. Yeah. Do- dollars will let Skull, you know. He's schooled Rand Rand. Yeah. yeah. Dollars gets moved to thirteen in a, a B to exit B team. Game over. Yeah. Semi. <laughs> Sorry, Semi. I, d- I actually do worry when I saw. Semi was playing because I thought he was out till the new year. Mm. I was like, and you've seen it before where players get rushed back because the team's struggling. <laughs> Semi's so expensive and so important. Has he been rushed back? Is he going to have a niggly injury again? Yeah, I, I, I seriously hope not because so, he's such a good player. If to watch. I was Pat Lamb, I'd be. I might, I might be, an, I might have been annoyed at Semi Randrandra. What? Not for going to the Olympics. No, I probably would have been annoyed at him going to the yeah, Olympics. I'd be furious. <laughs> yeah, and then livid, and then to get injured, and then to stay longer <laughs> in Fiji than was it, than he than was intended. It's uh, yeah, it's not been great, but he's back, so that's good. He is back. Yes. Yeah. They have issues, Gloucester. I, as I say, I was completely wrong about both clubs. So sorry against Gloucester. Yeah. Well, luckily Bristol have uh, Leicester, Leicester Tigers next, so they can bounce back there. Um, just just as a little segue between. Um, I'm just going to chuck another email in. We've got so many good ones. Um, uh, just a segue between games. This one from Adam. Another American listener, this time from New York. Mm. He says, long-time listener, love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, other niceties to be inserted here. Uh, firstly, um, you've mentioned in a podcast recently about your seeming reluctance to return to New York. I, I missed the last time you were here. I know a lovely rooftop bar with a gorgeous view of the Empire Ooh. State Building. Go have, on. To have yes. some Negronis for your next visit. So, all right, you, Adam, you might you might, go you might on, tease then. this back. If, there, if there's a good game, I'd consider it. Yeah. Uh, all the restrictions are lifted and, and we can party freely, yeah. then we're in. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you and there. We're not, I'm not going anywhere with restrictions, including Wales. We've got your email, Adam, uh, as, as and when we can. In fact, right, so here, here's something which you wouldn't have known. I don't know if we mentioned this. JB and I had a meeting... Um, Phil was in London working. He would have been there. It's not that we didn't invite him. Um, we had a meeting with some people with a view to put on a big live event. Oh, didn't we? In New York, we had the God. venue. We had drink suppliers. We we had a lot. So we know we have a lot of American listeners. We know a lot of people from we the had. UK would love to have a Super Saturday in but New York. Yes, if we had Super Saturday in New York, we could start at 9am, 
do all three games, and then the MLR kick kicks off. We'd have, I think they might have back-to-back games. We'd have five games back-to-back. Yeah. Five. That's almost too much rugby. What? Almost. Oh, almost. As, as almost. we discussed earlier, when you're watching it in a pub on a Super Saturday, or... It's, rugby's just the context. Exactly, yes. exactly. It's the vessel. It's like a vessel that carries your drink. It's the it's the vessel that carries the fun that you have. Uh, so he says. Secondly, um, um, so yes, thank you, Adam, for that. He says. Secondly, as the topic topic of gay rugby came up in this uh, past week's podcast, I just want to point you in the direction of Mark Bingham because we were mentioning mm. uh, names. Yes, Bingham I, Cup. I wasn't aware of the Bingham Cup. What yes. are you not? No, I wasn't. He's played in Broughton Park a few years ago. I, I was not aware Bing, of the Bingham, Bingham Cup. Bingham Cup is the gay oh. rugby walk-up. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he was a gay rugby player that was instrumental in the fight to take back Flight 93 on 9-11. Yes. There's now a global biannual rugby tournament held in his honour. An incredible person and reading about him or watching some of the documentaries is well worth the time. I will seek that out, Adam, because I, I, I had no idea. I didn't I know that was his history, actually. Did you not? I was, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's an absolutely incredible story. So, uh, go back and listen to the podcast last week if you don't know what we're referring to. Um, I've had so much feedback on on that segment, all of which, other than one email, has been remarkably positive about the incompetence of Premiership uh, rugby. Uh, no, if, if everyone had the same, if everyone had the same opinion, it'd be dead boring. And we, we, yeah. well, everyone's opinion is valid and welcome. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people have been very, very complimentary about that, which is good to know that I'm broadly speaking along the right lines there. As the Bingham Cup, it's an awesome event. Uh, Broughton Park held it. I, I, you know, everything seems, seems like last Ra- year. Rafi Quirk's Broughton Park. Ra- yeah. uh, Jonathan Byrne was Broughton Park. I, 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 I'll have you know, 10 years there. Um, yeah, it was in Broughton Park. i say a few years ago. It probably like, God, it's probably like six years ago now. But a huge event. Yeah, or even slightly before that. Um, uh, oh, 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 sorry, what well, No, I was, was going to go on to... Um, the other games. Well, I'm going to do one more. Okay, just, one just, more. I'm just going to keep this going. You're really, you're really hammering these emails. There's well, some great ones. I just, we've just, He's uh, missing uh, Twitter, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just I, I want this. We have. I'm just going to complete the American emails okay. right. with Nish, and uh, Nish works for MLR, and is um. a long-time listener of the pod, mm, and is one of many many people who've got in touch this week to let us know that we came up very prominently on their Spotify wrapped for 2021 where oh. Spotify gives you all the stats about what you listen to most through the year. And a lot of people um, have uh, sent us screenshots and, and whatnot of egg chasers coming up on their Spotify wrapped <laughs> niche included, who says um, that he really enjoys the passionate, diverse perspective on all things rugby uh, and around the game. And he, wor- he works for major league rugby and have done, has done for the last four years. We are watching that competition grow, and uh, we're going to get behind it as soon as we can, Nish. He says if he can help with anything, inside scoop, tickets, and Nola Gold jersey, Tim. Yes, yes, I'll have Ooh. one of them. Uh, feel free to give him a shout. Nice. Uh, oh, and here's the final sentence. Oh, oh, yeah, go on. Eliminate the knock-on, you say. Watch this space. Uh-oh. Wow. Finally. Finally, I get my way. That is interesting. I was going to say on the... On the um, Spotify, thank you to everyone who um, sent a message. I, I saw a few that popped up on Twitter. One of which was, um, I'm not sure if the individual would want this attributed to them, but someone someone sent us their screenshot of Spotify, which said they'd listened to us to, for over 6,400 minutes last year, which is more than 100 hours, which is more than four days, nearly four and a half days of, <laughs> of, their, of this year, of 2021. They have spent listening to us. 
I listen to us for four days. <laughs> I, but we, I, we've we've lived there. <laughs> it's, I'm almost amazed that we have been sat collectively for more than four days in the rugby dungeon. Well, if if you want to really show your appreciation for the podcast, I I, I wonder if this might happen on more than one occasion because it's happens it's happened to me. Well, yeah, there's obviously that. But if you go to sleep listening to the podcast, and then it will just. Listen to the next one, the next yeah, one, the next one. That's clever. Tick, tick, tick. That, that helps. Oh, yeah, bump our numbers. Bump have, our you numbers. Ever, have you ever fell asleep listening to a podcast and then just woke up in cold horror? So twice this has happened to me. Um, I fell asleep listening to one podcast, a very dry political podcast, and it ticked over to the next one, and the host was interviewing some utter psychopath. And he was screaming down the microphone. Oh, uh, and like, I woke up to these <laughs> just, uh, horrible screams. And the other one was, I can't remember who it was. It might have been a Dan Carling podcast. And it was just the most vivid, horrible description of someone being dismembered or something. <laughs> and I, I just remember waking up and calling so like, that was awful. <laughs> Horrendous. Maybe I've done it with YouTube as well. You've got to be careful what your podcasts run into. But listening to us, you're not going to have any blood-curdling screams or... Vivid descriptions of decapitations, not too many. Well, one or two, maybe, too maybe many. occasionally. They might, they might act if they if they listen for long enough, falling asleep. They might accidentally click over to the episode we did on a roof, drunk oh, in God. New York. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> that is that is at least a good few years ago. It's about five or six years ago. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to be in a. A, a sort of coma for a couple of weeks to, <laughs> to listen to enough to get <laughs> through to that one. So. This week, my betting didn't go well, put it mildly. Uh, I lost my When the fun stops, stop. Yeah, yes. it, it, it's stopping rapidly now. Um, <laughs> Saracens lost, which is bad for me. Tigers won, that was bad for me. Those are my mm. two close games, which I didn't get right. Remarkably, I've got every other one right, and that includes Worcester winning, London Irish winning. I'm actually more proud of that than uh, anything else. Worcester, they, they look like a side reborn. They are a side reborn. Uh, well, I'm going I'm to say one thing. Bearing in mind that I, Phil and I have both acknowledged how wrong we were about Gloucester and Bristol to, in, in the ob- opposite direction at the start of the season. Your London Irish top four is still looking a stretch, but it is not looking well, as far-fetched as it once did. Yeah, I mean, it is countered by Sale Sharks on Bristol. Yeah. Yes. Let's Who, never yeah. forget that. If I get lucky if, with Sale Sharks, I've been completely incompetent with the other two. Yeah, the... Sale Sharks and Bristol, were they performing anywhere near where they did last season, the top four would be far more congested than it is now. I mean, Correct. it's not going to be a battle royale for the top four. It will be, yeah, yeah. But, but I think but, but Irish, but Irish legit. Even, even, yeah. even like three weeks ago, they, it's, it did look fairly ludicrous, the, um, the top four suggestion. Now, they're doing a lot better. Andrew Livingston has just texted me. Andrew Livingston... Eight. Uh, Egg Chasers RFC. Yeah. With this little tweet from Rugby Europe. Please give a warm warm welcome to Kosovo, who'd become the 47th active union of Rugby Europe. Hello. Tier <clears> 2 <throat> tour. I'll answer that for you now. Tier 3 tour. No. Kosovo. <laughs> no. Yeah. That will not be happening. Not yet. Maybe in a few years' time. Actually, I, if Matt goes with us, I'll feel safe. Yeah. Matt and some friends. Yes. There's some great countries that, that have rugby teams that we could go to. We talked about Holland. Yeah, but they've the got rise. to be hot with a pretty vibrant uh, drinking scene. I, and I, rooftop bars. I, Bo- I, Bosnia? No, nah, not so much. I, I really fancy trying to do the Portugal-Spain game in either Lisbon or Madrid. 
or anywhere else that it <laughs> that is. That does sound good. That's that's the one that I want to target this year. Uh, mm, yes, I agree with that. But so. Lon- London Irish, great performance. They're a good team. Ollie Hassel Collins, some great finishing. He he went to the same school that I did. Did, did he? he? Yeah. Oh, I, I'll tell you what. So today I went to. This is a bit nerdy, actually. Today or yesterday I went to Ascot, and I came back today. Uh, because I took the kids around, you know, some Santa thing, which was terrible. But, oh, I'm so glad those days are gone. Oh, God. it was. I uh, mean, it lovely and beautiful while it lasted. Yeah, but it I'm, was great I, that they enjoyed themselves. Yeah. I, I couldn't bear Wait, it. Did you have like a three-hour drive to go around? Three, three and a half hour drive for four hours of Santa. And for we a three and a half hour drive back. We went, went last night. It, oh, did you go down just for that? Yep. Oh, oh, I think. This, this oh is, my goodness! Yeah. What's oh. you? Yeah, exactly. That sounds you insane. Well, it doesn't really matter too much because driving down there, I watched BT Sport app, so I got the whole game. So okay, I didn't yeah. Really care. While driving, that's obviously yeah. Fair oh, no, not whilst driving. <laughs> no, 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 no. God, I'm, I'm not. I'm not reckless. Uh, the kids drove. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I did that. Here's the point: because I watch, because I look at all of the rugby scores of, like, every single week. I was driving past. I mean, I've got no association with that part of the country. I felt like I was driving past uh, Rugby Royalty. Went past Newbury. Yeah. Um, had a very strange reaction when I went past Marlow, because everyone hates Marlow, right? We all hate Marlow. I mean, I don't hate Marlow, but I know Aylesbury hate Marlow, so therefore I hate Marlow. Uh, I, I don't. I do not hate... Uh, it's a great rugby club. Yeah, I'm sure Marlow's great, actually. I'm sure it's great. But, it, you know... It's, it's obs- I'll tell you what, it's obscene, because I've got some friends that live in Marlow, and, uh, and we stayed with them one weekend, and... Their boys play rugby, and they're around the same age as my son Lou. You told me about this, and so and so, and, and they just went, "We'll just bring him along to train for the day." It was like coming from central Manchester, and then it, you know, inner city rugby in Manchester, and then going to Marlow for mini rugby. Like you know, we've got just enough players to put a team out, and that's because one club nearby folded, and we, mm. we absorbed a couple of their players. Go to Marlow. It's like, oh my goodness me. You you cannot move for players. Well, they didn't beat El- hundreds of them. Well, they didn't beat Aylesbury this year. So just saying, FYI, yeah. uh, Reading, of course, who did beat beat beat, beat Aylesbury, who did beat Aylesbury. Uh, and so uh, as I'm going up and down the M40, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, and they win and they win that game and they win that game and they win that game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm. But Look- Santa, uh, Santa cost us something like five hundred quid for the four tickets. This is insane, mate. What and are you playing and at? 10, 11 hours of your life. Uh, of my life. Down. Oh, my God. Plus, God... Uh, did, you, did you... you uh, a couple of hundred Did, on did you have any part in this? No. Uh, and then oh when we got God. there, they then sell you things. So, bauble, 20 quid. Then the oh best my. one I've got stung for was a bag of maize to feed the reindeers. Not their reindeers. Right, so they've got actual reindeers knocking about, and they sell rain- reindeer feed. I just assume they're going to give us a reindeer feed, and then we put it in the trough of the reindeer. Yeah, yeah. They're in reindeers, right? Okay, nice. No, they give you the bag of oh, it's barley, right? They then add two spoonfuls of some stuff, which is called magic, right? and then uh, they sell you for four pound <laughs> fifty. And you can't say no at this point. I've got a bag of barley for four pound fifty. <laughs> Livid. Oh my god. Livid. It is very nice for the kids, but my god, it hurt the wallet. Not not so nice. Three and a half hour drive down there and three and a half hour drive back. I could literally go to Barcelona for the weekend. It'd spend. It'd take me less time and cost me less. Yeah. Do you reckon oh. your happiness would increase if you went to Barcelona for the weekend? I can't even imagine how much it'd increase <laughs> right now. Oh, mate, that, that, that hurts. sounds painful. That hurts. I hate those. Th- I, 
it's well as with anything you you will do anything to get that smile because it's it's uh, golden even that even saying that I, i'd be smiling through gritted teeth the whole way around yeah yes uh, yeah it's just because they like it it's the only reason that the yeah. only reason to do it <laughs> you can pay them back I, I, this is why when kids get to teenage years parents go out of their way to be embarrassing in front of their friends this exactly. is why payback <laughs> they, they deserve it <laughs> Um, Worcester. Awesome, isn't it? Yeah, Worcester. Great result, obviously, very uh, close. Iron do. Iron do. He was ace. He's awesome. He was ace. He, I mean, he's earning his money doing that. The the try he finished and the try that he set up for Simpson was that both those were awesome. Absolutely just shows awesome. Rugby teams aren't built on paper. So you think, oh, I need my big second row, I need my pack, and then I'll add the fly half. And then I'll, you know, no. Just had a massive winger. Just had a massive winger. He'll be fine. And he is he is both enormous and rapid. Yeah. Mm. Just a little bit of extra space that he had this game. And I think Wasps, as good as they are, they're not particularly physical. So he's a nightmare for them. Wasps will be all right. They, they, oh, they, yeah. They dig in. They really do. And they come back. They they, you know, they never die. They're, you know, they're always scoring. They've always got some kid that they've picked up from the championship who's Dan ace. Frost again. Dan, yeah, Frost. Dan Frost getting a brace. No big deal. I, I loved his first try where the commentator confused him with Minotzi because of the <laughs> athletic line he cut in the back line. Vea uh, Fafita is a good signing. Yeah, you know, he, he came off relatively early in this game. He is a good signing. Yeah. I just think when he gets together with Launchbury, they've got a real, real strong second row part- partnership there. Yeah, and he can, so obviously he's, he's a big, strong boy, good in the line out, good in the set piece. But when he opens up, his try against Argentina was about four or five years ago now was unbelievable, where he gasses it in from like 50 yards. Yeah. There's not too many second rows in the Premiership that can do that. Yeah, I, I mean, Finn Smith was on uh, was on form of the week. I don't think he missed a kick. Mm. Uh, and of course, that'll be because Diamond's there now. Um, the, yeah, but... Diamond will do, be doing the kicking coaching. I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> yeah, maybe. If, 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 Diamond told him just not... Don't, just don't miss a kick. Don't, don't miss. Don't, right, mi- boss. don't miss kicks. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yes, boss. Um, I did see... Do you see... Uh, so the two yellow cards for Worcester. Do you see who got the second one? Uh, tell me about the second one. Uh, the ki- is it Kitchener? Kitchener, yeah. From a good fan. No, I've not actually, actually seen the... the um, ref must have got it wrong. It, I cannot... I simply cannot believe that Andrew Kitchener or Graham, Graham Kitchener would have um, done anything. They're both from a very good family. Very good family. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see how it could possibly have happened. Uh, great game. I'm delighted that Worcester won. I think five wins is not beyond them now. They're three, win, three wins in. I mean, that's bloody tremendous, isn't it? Mm. Three wins. Uh, also on three wins. Bristol Bears, Sale Sharks and Wasps. Bath, wow. would, Bath would kill for three wins. They would. They really would. And they got absolutely annihilated. It was not close. This is worth dwelling on, actually, how bad they were. They just don't want to defend. Anyone says go and get them a defence coach. They don't deserve it. I don't know why I'd waste my money on a defence coach for these for this bunch. Right, and and this we we, we've made jokes about wolves and bears and line speed and all the rest of it. There there are some technical elements to defences, particularly when you're matching up against different teams with slightly different approaches to play every week. I, I get that. However, a massive part of defence is just attitude. Yeah, wanting to do it. Yeah. Just wanting to do it. But like, they're not folding around the corner. So, 
I'm not joking when I say this. We wouldn't accept those standards at, at, at Didsbury Talk H. Now, granted, the game's played at a little bit of a faster pace <clears throat> in the Premiership than it is at level eight. But you've also got slightly better players. I mean, not much better players, but some a few better players. And slightly better conditioning. Not much better conditioning. Not much, not much. But you know, slightly better conditioning. The, the, the top 5% makes all the difference, right? Yeah. But they're just not doing really basic things. They're not folding around the corner. They're not numbering off. It's just really, really basic. And you think... If you can't be bothered doing that, why should I go out and spend money on a defence coach? You know that. If you're doing everything but maybe your system was you know, the wrong system or you only dropped two back to field kicks rather than three or you know, something technical and you go, OK, maybe we need a coach to analyse what the attacks do and then come up with a smart defensive system around the line-out or around the breakdown or something. But you're talking about teaching kids rugby, like literal kids rugby, and they can't be bothered doing it. I think, I mean, it's got... It was a joke about Stuart Hooper. Oh, sorry, Stuart Hooper turned into a bit of a joke. Uh, and you've said it a lot, Tim. The players need to be responsible. And they need to be responsible for this. That's, that's not to exonerate any, any DOR from being influential. Because you look at Quinn's last season, yeah. and sometimes it just doesn't work. And clearly, with hindsight, you can say, whatever the chemistry was there with Paul Gustard, it just didn't work. That's not necessarily... That, that, that shouldn't be a reflection on him. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. So I'm not trying to exonerate it, but players need to take responsibility yeah. for what they can control. And and when you're not defending, when you're not doing basic... Because, again, you could have a defence coach in there. I mean, you, you don't... It's not like Steve Diamond says to Finn Smith, here, Finn, don't miss. You know, it's not if Diamonds went in there and went... It, um, when a player runs at you, tackle them. Yeah, harder. Yeah. Harder until they drop the ball. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep your eyes on the ball. Don't turn inwards facing the wrong direction exactly. when there's a man drifting outside yeah. you. But, you know, on the Steve Diamond thing, you know, I know what he'll be doing. He'll be making sure the the nuts and bolts basics are nailed down. You can't really nail down nuts and bolts, can you? But they'll be tightened up. <laughs> Tighten, yeah, yeah he'll be, be tightening up, tightening up those nuts and Steve, bolts. Steve, stop nailing those. Nuts Why are you and nailing bolts? bolts? You don't need to. There's a <laughs> you know, screwdriver here, not a hammer. <laughs> exactly. So same as uh, same as Skimmington, same as Borthwick. Focus on your basics. Rugby is what basics. Bathers seem to completely have forgotten that. I see. Dimes probably would nail in nuts and bolts. Just alpha move. Yeah, he does what he wants. <laughs> Run out of nails and use his bolts. <laughs> Nail him in with his fists. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a hell of a win. This it's a hell of a win because of the amount of points that they scored. I mean, if they get their first fifteen, as I always say about all teams, their first fifteen's good. And I looked at this in the weekend. I thought mm, at home as well. They've got all of those lads out. Yeah, they'll do all right. Mm. I wonder who Finn Smith's oh, Finn Smith right has signed a five year contract with Worcester. Nice five year contract. Which they didn't sneak out. Uh, they didn't renounce that because they don't want people to know. Is that since Dimes is in that they've done that? Good question. Don't know because he did that with the Curries. He did do that he, with the Curries. Because well, I'm not again. I'm not taking it. Cause Jonathan Thomas he probably had a big part to play with it. But um, when you know someone is talented for the reasons that you talked about on last week's mm. podcast, get them nailed down. Yeah, it's one. on on low value as well. I wonder if they'd have won this if Owen Williams uh, was playing, or if Owen Williams had been playing for last week because. It's uh, last few weeks because he's getting some good game time now, Finn Smith. He's only going to get better. As disappointing as, as Bath were, I, I just love Saints. I, I, no, I really like Chris Boyd. He's stuck to his guns. Yeah. Through, through those times where it, it looked like, well, yeah, you've come to the Northern Hemisphere now, mate. You can have all the flash rugby you want. You need to be able to scrummage and stuff. He has totally stuck to his principles, and it, they're so good to watch. Mm. They are quite cool. And having uh, Augustus 
as well. Oh, what a boy. Is, is, the, it, is the kind of guy big, that Big, strong boy. He is a big, strong boy. He is the kind of guy that they've missed for the last couple of years. They've had some talented players, but they need a bit of heft. And if they can... They got their scrum really right a couple of weeks ago against Bristol. If they can get their set piece really firing, they've got they've got a decent chance of being competitive towards the end of the season. I don't think they have the personnel for it. No, that's the, that's the caveat. But yeah. if they can... I mean, if Paul Hill and Aaron Painter become the players that they have the potential to be mm. they might have they may well have the pers- the personnel for it but if they don't yeah. if we if we see more of what we've seen over the last few years with which has been hit and miss shall we say I like Sam Matavesi a lot Alex Waller is an old you know an old timer with a lot of experience and you're right about the, the potential of those two other lads but I just don't think there's enough in that front row to be competitive continuously and that's not, the problem not I think they would be competitive it's the the concern is business end of the season when they go up against the Saracens or an extra front row, that's when it ma- that's the, you can be competitive, you can beat up Bristol or Bath, but when you go against those two in knockout rugby, can you then be competitive? And I'm not sure they can answer that question. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's exactly where I am. I will say this though, their front row options, particularly Paul Hill, very good in the loose. Mm-hmm. Must face very good good in the loose. Yeah, but maybe again they don't. Yeah, Augustus is good for them because he's one of the very few big ball carriers. Aaron yes. Paints is going to be a player. Aaron Paints is just enormous, mate. He's yeah, just enormous. Exactly. Whether he's athletic enough or not, though. Whether he ends up at La Rochelle, I do not know. <laughs> uh, here's a thought. Because this has been confined to Premiership, pretty much. Premiership and uh, Santa's Grotto. Mm. Um, why, why don't we just end this here and we'll just do another? we'll do another short pod just focusing on Europe. And also the Welsh teams. Yes, and the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Well, well, not all of it. Ultimate just like, Rugby just Fighting Championship. The, yeah, the that's which we like. Yeah. Can, we, can we please not mention the Ospreys game? Uh, Ulster lost to Ospreys. Yes, yeah, so after yeah, beating right. Leinster as well. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll look at all the issues that have been going on with those Welsh regions. Well, and like Munster managed to just fly into South Africa and just basically just go, <laughs> keep the... Keep the engine running. Spin it around. <laughs> spin it around. Yeah, let's get out of here. No one's dying of Omnicron, but spin it around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about all that on on a sort of Europe focused, just quick podcast that will be in your feed. Yeah, perfect. Should we do that? Right. All right. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.